Padanza with Aidan McCaffrey. Such a fine line between stupid and, and clever. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Movie News Padanza, a movie news podcast and one of the great works of our time in any medium. I'm recording here from the UK, currently entering our second or third week of national lockdown all businesses closed you're only allowed to go to work and to the shops we're all kind of used to it now it's one of those things that's continuing to happen we're not happy about it but we're accepting it like holby city it just keeps going on and we've made peace with that the thing i don't like most about lockdown is I have lots of spare time on my hands and I'm someone who often laments that there isn't enough time to do stuff. Not that I'm like producing lots of great literature or anything, but you you just always feel like there's not quite enough time to do all the things you want in a day. And that's why I hate lockdown, because finally the universe is saying, here's lots of time, here's more hours than you could shake a stick at, here's you got you got minutes coming out of your ears, mate. And suddenly I've got no excuse for why I don't do much with my life, because it's like, shit. The last lockdown, I was out of work for nine weeks. What did I do? Rewatch The Sopranos. Orson Welles had directed Citizen Kane by the time he was 25. But had he rewatched six seasons of... Uh, HBO's best ever television series? No, he hadn't. So I'm winning, Orson. I'm 34 and I've seen The Sopranos twice. What do you do with your life? Ooh, I made Citizen Kane by the time I was 25. Yeah, well, Orson, you didn't make The Sopranos, did you? And neither did I, but I watched it all more than once and less than three times. Put that on my gravestone. Aidan McCaffrey died 2020 of COVID-19 whilst watching James Gandolfini chuck a body into the open sea. Uh, Disney are moving forward with Deadpool 3. This is the second sequel to the fourth war breaking superhero played by Ryan Reynolds approaching world saving with a Brechtian flair for winking at the audience been a bit of doubt question questioning doubt there's been some questioning doubt about where they would what they would do with Deadpool because Deadpool was with Fox which of course got purchased by Disney but Deadpool is like a swear he's always effing and jeffing blood being spilt bodies being fucked. Yeah, Deadpool's a very much an R-rated film, and it doesn't really fit with uh, the Disney vibe. I don't recall the word motherfucker being dropped in the Lion King remake. But it is happening. The word on the street is it will continue to be an R. I mean, ultimately, while Disney 
will have questioned how does this sweary adult stuff fit into our family brand. Disney of course do care a lot about their brand and what it represents, but there's something else Disney cares a lot about, and that is old Dickie Dollar, Uncle Sam's Happy Paper, Alexander Hamilton's Portable Portraits, the old Greenback, the Federal Reserve's M&Ms, Carol Cash, Capitalism Gas, Commerce Petrol, Tillblood, Bank Bricks, Bezos Ejaculate, I'm talking about money, Disney love a bit of money, the Yankee Grail, Wall Street Pulp, FTSE Fuel. So they've looked at this and gone, well, he says the word fuck every two minutes, but I'll be damned if those two films didn't take a billion dollars worldwide, so... We're making it. There's also talk about how Deadpool can now be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It'd be interesting to see how they do that. My suspicion is he won't break the fourth wall, but there'll be like a, jo a point where he says something and then like, it's not clear who he's saying it to. Or it's like he's saying it to the audience, but it's not clear. And then Spider-Man will say, hey, who are you talking to? And Deadpool says, doesn't matter. And that'll be the little wink to the audience that like, eh, see, you know what that means if you watch Deadpool 1 and 2. And then he'll call Final a cunt, and the whole scene will be ruined. The, um... Movie? News. Pub. Anza. With... Aiden. McCaffrey. Oh, they're making a new Predator. If you've ever wondered, is Aiden a Svengali? Is Aiden the Nostradamus of film entertainment news? Well... You've got your answer because only last week I was talking about how the film flops and it is within a recognisable franchise IP. They'll just keep rolling the dice until it makes money. They'll keep pissing away tens of millions of dollars until they get some of Alexander Hamilton's portable portraits back. And that's what's happening now. The last Predator film flopped, but they're taking in another punt. 20th Century Studios has hired 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trachtenberg to direct his script from... Patrick Eisen. Doesn't matter how many times the franchise reboot roulette lands on black, when you bet on red, they'll just keep giving it another go. And they very much bet on black with the last one, because it was directed by Shane Black. It's a great filmmaker who did The Nice Guys, and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, and Iron Man 3. But they bet on black, and it came up red. But it hasn't stopped them. They're going to keep going. They're going to be like, oh, we're making a new Predator film. It's fine. Linda Hamilton's in this one. And everyone will be like, she's not. In, she's never played a character in that franchise. And, oh, come on. Just come and see it anyway. Black Panther 2 will begin filming in July 2021. And they've also cast uh, the Mexican actor Tenoch Huerta. Huerta. Apologies, Nation of Mexico, if I'm pronouncing that name wrong. Yeah, this guy's been Inspector and uh, Kerry Fukunaga's Sin Nombre. He was also in uh, the Netflix series Narcos Mexico, where he played Rafael Caro Quintero. If you were wondering, after the sad early passing of Chadwick Boseman, if they were going to bother making Black Panther 2, well, what do Disney like? They like a bit of Christoph coins. Uh, actually, do you know what? I'm, not, I'm being very cynical here. It's very easy to be dismissive of something because, oh, they're doing it for the money. But I, I don't know, I think 
within a cap within a commercial enterprise you can be creative i mean that's what happened with the first black panther film ryan coogler you know the film clearly has a voice a political voice uh quite challenging political ideas for a film of its size and type so you know you can be creative within these things and also first big first big black superhero is that pc i don't know first superhero to compete commercially with the honkies that means a lot to people i had a friend who went to see avengers endgame at the cinema and at the bit two-thirds of the way through when black panther first appears walking through the portal spoilers alert row of black kids right near the front all stood up crossed their arms across their chest and said wakanda forever Fair play, you know what I mean? This film means a lot to people, so of course they're going to make Black Panther 2 for commercial and artistic reasons. But, uh, oof, they've got a hell of a job re recasting that. Doesn't mean it can't be done. Who would have thought you could recast James Bond and have seven actors playing James Bond? Or who would have thought after Edward Furlong made that groundbreaking performance as John Connor? that you'd get five other actors all to play John Connor with equal success. Who would have thought that? John Connor forever. First rule of Fight Club is... You can't fight in here, this is the war room! Angelina Jolie is to direct Unreasonable Behaviour. This is uh, going to be a biopic of the war photographer Don McCullen, born in 1935 in London. He worked at the RAF during the Suez Crisis in the 50s and he eventually became an overseas correspondent for the Sunday Times magazine in the 60s. And he started uh, taking photos of post-war domestic life and he captured the realities of war in Biafra, the Congo, Vietnam, Cambodia and the human tragedy of famine and cholera on the Bangladeshi border and later the AIDS epidemic in sub-Saharan Africa. I have always said that war photographers are the second most brave people after stand-up comedians like myself. What they do going into these war zones, whether it's directly after or sometimes even during war, sometimes filming and photographing the very reality of war as bullets whiz over their head or sometimes into their body. I've always said that that is the same in terms of boldness and confidence and daring do as when I get up in a pub in London and do five minutes of dick jokes to a crowd of four strangers and ten other comedians. Maybe Angelina Jolie will make a film about me next and my brave exploits. Michael Shannon, Lady Gaga, Logan Lerman, they've all been cast in the film Bullet Train. I spoke about this a few weeks ago. This is a um, film from action maestro David Leach. And it's a film about a train that is full of assassins. Sounds good, doesn't sound weird, but it does sound good. Trains seem to have become the go-to setting for genre entertainment in films. Recently, we've had Train to Busan. That was zombies, a train full of zombies. We've got Bullet Train coming out. That's a train full of assassins. We've got Snowpiercer. This is just everyone. All classes of society on a train. Why has this train got only got assassins on? Is that how world where trains are for like specific jobs? Like, oh, I've just missed the last train for cobblers, and there's not another cobblers train for ten hours. The next one's some gaffers. Fuck. Anyway, I'm thinking of getting on another 
genre train game. Here's some uh, train-related films that I've that I, I've come up with. Fan train. Uh, this is going to be about a train full of football fans. The protagonist has to go shopping, but he's forgotten that there's a local derby on that day, Everton v Liverpool, and he has to share a train with 200 drunken revellers, all singing, you'll never walk alone. Ghost Train. I'm surprised this next one I'm about to pitch hasn't already been made. Ghost Train. This is about the River Styx is closed due to storms, so all the ghosts that would pass into the underworld across the River Styx They've got to get the 6pm from London's King Cross. Oh dear, ghost train. And the rest of the film is just those ghosts causing havoc on the East Coast mainline. Come on, Hollywood. I'm here. The last one that I've come up with is Off the Rails. This is a bit like Duel. You know the Steven Spielberg film where the guy's being chased by the tanker? It's like that, but it's not a tanker. It's a fucking train. And it's gone off, it's literally off the rails. It's, it's moving, but the guy can't figure out how because it's the, the rails have stopped. He's on a road, he's in a field, but no, the train's behind him. It's going to squash him. Think about it. Just imagine you're running along and there's a train chasing you. It's already broken the laws of science and physics. That's why I find ghosts so scary because I know a lot of people are like, I don't like ghost films. It's not scary, it's not real. Uh, serial killer films, they scare me. No. If a serial killer is chasing me, I'd like to think I could outrun him. If a ghost appears, everything I know about the universe is broken because there's a ghost in the room. That's scarier. Your whole intellectual framework for understanding the universe has collapsed. That's scary. Silence of the Lambs, not scary. Casper the Friendly Ghost, fucking terrifying. There's a ghost making me breakfast. Jesus. Christ astride. Anyway, Netflix, if you like any of those ideas, give me an at, at the Pedanza on Twitter or at Aiden or at Aiden Muck Comedy on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and as of this week, TikTok. Oh baby, I'm on TikTok. Maybe 35, but I'm getting down with the kids. TikTok's a bit of a, uh, it's a bit of a garbage fire, isn't it? When you first join, it's just sending you a randomised lottery of video content that everyone around the world has uploaded. And my god, it's random. <laughs> it's just... don't know what to make of it. I'm putting my stuff on there, which is just clips of me doing this podcast. Which does not scream TikTok energy. TikTok's all about miming to a clip of some other TikTok user who's already said something, or... There's this thing where people dance to the opening two bars of Where Is The Love by the Black Eyed Peas. They do a little hop to that. That's it. They just do a little hop to it, and every time one comes up, I think, oh, where's this going? And then, seconds later, I mentioned, oh, nowhere. Just nowhere. Everyone's just doing this shit dance. At least when we were all doing the Macarena, back in the 90s. You had to spend a good 10 minutes learning the dance moves. Now it's just hop. That's, that's what the new dance craze is. Hopping to four notes. Ooh, difficult. I mean, even a year ago, you had to floss. And flossing, I mean, I don't find it hard because I'm a very good dancer. I'm the Michael Jackson incarnate, but minus the pedo lust. I can floss. Of course I can floss. But most people can't. It actually is a slightly difficult rhythm to get the hang of. 
This fucking Black Eyed Peas nonsense, fuck off. Having said that, I could really do with some followers on TikTok, so, uh, at Aiden McComedy, check me out. The way your dad looked at it, this lightsaber was your birthright. You'd be damned if any stormtrooper put the greasy hands on his boy's birthright, so he hid it. In one place he knew he could hide something, his ass. Five long years he wore this lightsaber up his ass. Then he died of dysentery. He'd give me the lightsaber. I hid this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass two years. Then, now, little man, I give the lightsaber to you. Ryan Reynolds, who we discussed earlier, Deadpool 3, he's going to be in a time travel film called The Adam Project. It's being directed by Sean Levy, so I'm assuming it's a comedy because Levy is a comedy guy. Anyway, that's added two new cast members. Jennifer Garner is going to play his mother. What? I'll get to it. Zoe Saldana is going to play Reynolds' wife. Basically, it's about a guy who goes back in time to meet his 13-year-old self to get some life advice. I cannot think of anything that I would ask my 13-year-old self that would help me with my life now. Unless I suddenly decided, do you know what I'd like to do that I never used to do? Masturbate 30 times a week. And, and then I might have to go back and say, how did you do it? Where did you get the stamina from? If I had more than two wanks a week, I've got to have a lie down. Spike Lee, this is the director of uh, Do the Right Thing, The Five Bloods, and Black Klansman. He's going to be making a film, a musical, about the invention of Viagra. You know what this means? Erection puns, let's go. What's the musical going to be called, Spike? West Side Stiffy, Phantom of the Boner, My Fair Hard-On, Jersey Boners, Fiddler on the Roof. Don't have to change that one, that's why that works. Grease up erections, Mary popping Viagra pills. I used to write screenplays. Now we'll just do this. Just sit there coming up with uh, musical theatre based stiffy puns. The director Javier Jens, he directed the film Hitman. He turned down a Marvel movie. And his reason why it was interesting, he said, and I quote, I was in discussion but I understood that the previews of the digital effects and action scenes were done by a box in London and that I would be there to take care of only the direction of the actors. It is not very interesting. I've wondered this, which is, I think in Hollywood, there's a little bit of a CGI industrial complex. And what I mean by that is, I get if you're like, you know, doing a big action scene, like uh, a Tyrannosaurus Rex is chasing a Land Rover, you're gonna need to use some CGI. But we're sort of at a weird point now where just even things that don't need to be CGI are CGI'd. There's a bit in the win uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, where a car leaves a building car park. And I'm not making this up. Oh, that's all the shot. No fantastical element. No King Kong chasing it. No Thanos giving the Incredible Hulk a, a foot massage. No, no, no. Just a car leaving a building. And it's all CGI. It's so weird. Marvel especially must have some deal with some production house where they block out their work for three years and say, we're going to need this many shots a year. We'll give you this money. If a director comes in to the Marvel world and says, I want to do loads of cool practical effects, Marvel will say, no, we've already paid this company to do 3,000 CGI effect shots and we're one shot under. So not only are we not going to let you do any practical effects, that shot of that car driving out of a building, 
No, that's all going to be done in a computer. Anyway, that's my theory. I could, that could be bollocks. If you work in the industry and you think I am right, at me. And if you think I'm wrong, twat me. Push back. Push back. Pandemic pushback, your guide to the way COVID-19 is reshaping the film industry. From a gargantuan, money-turning theatrical experience to people watching $300 million blockbusters on their phone. Universal has signed a multi-year deal with the cinema chain Cinemark which means there will now only be a 17-day theatrical release window for their films before they go to streaming. Unless that film grosses more than $50 million at the box office, in which case the window gets extended to 31 days. After that, Universal can choose to take the film to video on demand and Cinemark will receive a profit of the streaming revenue stream. That's a confusing sentence. The streaming revenue stream. Here we are. The world is changing. Yesterday's gods are gone with the wind. Worship your new overlord. The streaming giants. I've said it before. The sharks of streaming are circling. The naked chick at the opening of Jaws of theatrical cinema going. And they're taking a bite. When all this is over, theatrical cinema going will be naught but a dead lady's hand on a beach. Being feasted on by crabs as the local chief of police looks on in horror. But he is not looking in horror at the hand. He's looking in horror at his smartphone because he's streaming the new Conjuring film on his phone because the local cinema's closed. The final domino has fallen. Wonder Woman 1984 will not have a purely cinematic theatrical release. No. Wonder Woman 1984 is going to be released in theatres and on HBO Max on Christmas Day. So I think this is the it's the biggest domino to fall yet. Lots of things have been pushed back, like James Bond, Captain Marvel, but they're still going to be released solely in theatres. This is the biggest film to go streaming or partially streaming. I think this is Warner Brothers trying to have their cake and eat it, or have their cake and then stream footage of them having the cake. I can only refer you back to my previous comments. The sharks are circling. There's a little boy on an inflatable lilo who represents theatrical cinema going. And he's about to become a shark meal deal. You're going to need a bigger podcast. Bit of a shorter episode this week. I actually recorded 50 minutes worth of stuff. And they binned half of it in a fit of self-loathing. Hell is it having to edit your own voice for a podcast that you expect other people to like. If you are not an egomaniac and you're putting out your creative whims into the world, it's kind of hard not to hate yourself because you, you're in there's this clash between someone has to put something out there, so maybe it should be me. And then when you listen to yourself, essentially making knob puns based around theatrical musicals, for several minutes. It's hard not to think, am I just shitting into a snowball mic? 
Anyway, if you have any thoughts on this week's episode, do at me. It's at Aiden McComedy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or at The Pedanza on Twitter. If you are enjoying the movie news Pedanza, spread the word. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your spurned lovers. If you are at a war memorial commemorating the fallen heroes of our past, get up in front of that cenotaph and say, it's a tragedy, all our granddads died fighting Nazis, but guys, I can cheer you up. The movie news Pedanza, a weekly mix of movie-adjacent mirth and film mashups. Come on, are you on board? Of course they're not. They're thinking about their dead grandparents, but you know, time heals all wounds. And once those wounds are healed, we'll be like, what do I do now? Listen to the movie news Pedanza, that's what we'll do. This podcast was released by Anchor. So fuck it, it's the fucking easiest way to release a pod. It's too easy. The music was by Six Umbrellas, Montplacer, TRG Banks, Philip Saro, and ES Wicked, and I got most of that music from the Free Music Archive. You heard the voice of the actor Scott Joseph at the start. He was the one who said this. The Movie News Podanza with Aidan McCaffrey. Which leaves me with one thing to say, my mantra, something I'd like you to take home and repeat to bring yourself inner peace, tranquility, and healthy skin. With great power comes greatness! You will hear me next week. That they may take us, but they'll never take us!